RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Livestream. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Please do me a favor. Don't forget to like and share the broadcast. Tonight, I'm going to be joined by two very, very awesome people. My friends, Debbie and Raj, Debbie Ferris and Raj Dorasami. They are both first-generation Americans, and they're doing a lot of work down here in Florida to ensure that America remains the country that they sought when they first came here. It's pretty incredible. You guys are going to love this story. I met them at the Moment of Truth Summit about two months ago now, I guess. And uh, we actually have an interview in the can, but I haven't even had time to release it yet. So when the opportunity came to have them here live on the show, I, I gave them a call and I said, let's get you guys in here. Uh, thank you to Insight Gino over there on Foxhole for starting off the gold pills. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to check out Defend Florida and uh, their other websites, we've got defendthemidterms.com, defendyourvoice.com, and then there also is a defendflorida.com, but I'm not certain that that belongs to Deb and Raj. We'll find out here in just a second when they join us. <laughs> Do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, guys, and we're going to be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. And joining me at this time, Raj is soon to come, but Debbie Ferris is on screen with us right now from Defend Florida. Debbie, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, like I said in the introduction, it was a pleasure meeting you guys at uh, the Moment of Truth in Missouri. Had a lot of fun. I was really excited about what you guys were doing. And uh, I think that it goes to show just really how easy it is to get started being proactive, working to save the republic. And Debbie, did, did you want to tell people about your, uh, your, your articles that you write as well? I wasn't certain if I was supposed to broadcast that or not or if it was, if it was on the down low. No, 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 no. Um, at okay. this point, Zach, we're all we're all out of the closet, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Praying Mantis uh, at Substack, prayingmantis at Substack.com. And actually, I have that pulled up here. The reason I brought it up is because uh, you have an article here entitled Die First, Then Quit. <laughs> I just thought that that was an excellent summation of what's at stake, you know? Uh, sometimes people get to the point where they're a little tired, they're a, a little worn out about what's going on, but I always like to remind people that this is not some battle that just erupted overnight, you know? I mean, I think about my grandfather in World War II. I think about those guys out there storming the beaches in Normandy, and there's no way you looked at the guy in the foxhole next to you and said, guess what, bro? I'm done. You know, I just, I don't feel like I can do this anymore. You know, okay, you, know, you might as well shoot yourself right now. That's what's at stake for us here. We've got to save this nation, and there is a lot going on. And speaking of saving the nation, let's go ahead and bring in Raj Dorsami as well, uh, the other half of this incredible duo, and we'll get uh, an introduction from him. But uh, 
waiting for Raj's audio to connect. And uh, yeah, while we're waiting for that, Debbie, please um, give us a little introduction to who you are uh, and what you do. So um, my background, well, I'm an industrial engineer by trade, and I, um, I worked in manufacturing for a decade or so. And then, but I also have a background in production of um, high-end commercial advertising and marketing, um, very visual. So, um, you know, I, I, I put that on the table. I'm also a fashion consultant. I put that on the table because um, even though the, that is my background, when I got involved with Defend Florida, um, I actually got involved in writing legislation. So through um, the work that I did with um, the Senate bill that got passed um, on election integrity, it is the most transparent and fair election bill in the history of Florida. Um, I just want to encourage your listeners that, um, you know, all you really have to do is to have tenacity and a desire to do something for this country, because um, I was part of a team where none of us had any experience or background to be doing this. Mm-hmm. But um, but there we were. We 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 advocated for it and we got it done. So. Well, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, g- given a, a a particular problem, people have a way of figuring out how best to solve it. And you guys put it all together and you did it. I mean, a lot of people uh, would, like I said, would have given up on the idea of election integrity. And I think some people have, but it's not too late. And it's just, you know, we're at this moment in time and we've got to continue working until we get all of the things that we're asking for. And, uh, you know, safe and secure elections are paramount among them. Yeah, no, um, we were we were told uh, when this bill, when we wanted to push for this bill, that it was not going to happen. These were midterms. This was a midterm year and it was not a priority. And um, the team at Defend Florida just pushed forward. And at one point um, it it came to I believe it was Raj's realization that if we don't do this work, no one is going to do this. Mm -hmm. So someone said, well, here's the bill. Let's see what we can do with this. And we actually wrote the bill. And because of that, then one of the legislator, one of the legislators took notice of all the work and then he he moved it forward. He propelled it. So um, and it didn't take that many people, you know, it just took a committed team of people to do that. I say Raj just joined and I want to say it was between 12 and 15 people that did that at the end. Um, well, yeah. well, let's get to, let's get that on uh, on audio here, Raj. Good to see you, my friend. I'm so glad that you're here with us, and I uh, wanted to say thank you for joining the program this week on such short notice. Uh, we've been trying to get this together before the election. I think that's what's most important to make sure we're talking about this stuff as we go into Tuesday. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really glad that this was able to work out. So, Raj, please tell us a little bit about yourself. How what do you do? for a living. How did you get involved in this? And uh, how did we get to where we are today? Uh, Thank you, Zach. And thank you, Debbie. I so appreciate you having uh, us on, uh, Zach. And uh, my, I'm not actually from this country. I was born and raised in Africa. Uh, I left, I, I, what I say is I left three countries to get here. And uh, I made it here to the country. And I'm a CPA. I have a software development background, and a digital marketing uh, company as well. But just like Debbie said, she's so spot on. Uh, we literally looked at where our country was and we were naive enough to say, uh, <laughs> we, we have to do this because no one else is going to do it for us. Well, the, the great and, part about that is, though, that 
you guys, I mean, you, all you did was believe in yourself. You, you had a, an idea for a goal that you wanted to reach, and you weren't jaded enough to believe that you couldn't do it. I mean, you guys honestly are the American dream. Like, that's what's, like, the coolest part about this to me. It's it's so right. We 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 weren't jaded enough. I love. I, I I think that's so accurate because Zach, uh, after being at it for a year and a half or so, it's easy to get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have to deal with any of that uh, when we started, um, and uh, now I can see how it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get tired. Uh, it's easy to get burnt out, and yet now more than ever. We know that it literally is coming down to what you, the listeners, and people like us do. It's literally up to us. No one else is going to get it done. Yeah, uh, it's a two-edged sword. Yeah, and the, the ground game has got to be strong. This this is something that I've been trying to drive home to the audience for a couple of years now. You know, like activism. You know, and obviously in our case, conservative activism. Uh, you know, activism that is centered around liberty and freedom. You know, it just wasn't there a couple of years ago. I mean, the left owned the activist space. They could make calls. They could get people to show up. They could make a lot of noise. Obviously, they control social media and the levers of power in the mainstream media. So it made them appear as if their voices were much larger than they actually were. But the truth of the matter is we have the majority of people here in America. And all it takes is just enough of us to get together to coalesce around one specific thing and decide that we're going to take action, that we're going to be an active participant in the system. You know, Zach, I like to tell everybody that, um, yeah, God has a plan, but you know what? We are the plan. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You know, God gives us the free will and what we do with it is up to us. You know, I mean, like we've faith without works is dead. That's like, you know, one of my favorite sayings. you know, you've got to actually take what you've been given. You got to run with it and you got to figure out how you can best implement it. And that's exactly what you did. Let me I want to ask you this about the legislation itself, because you you said it a number of times that you guys wrote the legislation. That's beautiful in one sense, because it gives us an opportunity to pretty much write down a series of, of like a wish list, an item list of things that we wanted to happen. But then at the same time, it's scary because the legislators, I don't know how much editing they did on it. How often does that happen? You know, I mean, like, because I know lobbyists love to do this to give bad legislation. That wasn't quite the process. What happened was the legislation was was already written, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't robust. Mm. It had a lot of um, areas that were not covered. And we had discovered or uncovered through canvassing a lot of irregularities, a lot mm-hmm. of things that, that just needed to be, you know, the loop need to, needed, loophole needed to be closed. So when we initiated this um, situation, there was a House bill and there was a Senate bill. Mm-hmm. So um, we took the House bill and we, between a team of us, we um, redlined what we thought was not correct and we added language. Okay. From that work, because I believe, and Raj, correct me if I'm wrong, there was such a bloodbath on that. It looked like an English paper bloodbath. <laughs> um, uh, I think um, Representative Roth took notice of that. And then then it went on to be re- to be written at the legislation at the at the Senate level, actually. Okay. So okay. We actually did not get everything that we wanted and we um as soon as this midterm is over we have another series of um wish lists that need to happen 
on okay. that. There's an interesting story about how what Debbie talked about actually came about. And, and what it was is we were in a meeting with some legislators and one person on our team had actually taken the time to look at the existing legislation. And for those of you that are watching, think of legislation as an operating manual, mm-hmm. similar manual that you get when you start work or you buy a, a car or what have you. So this guy took the, took the legislation, the operating manual for the state, and he started redlining it, and he started writing out what it should be. So we're like, okay, fine. And he asked us to show it to these elected officials. So we're like, okay, we'll do that. We're so naive, no idea how any of this works. So we've got this document, we printed out, we're in this meeting, we show it to this legislation, legislator, there were three of them, and they started looking through it and, you know, we're like expecting them to critique it or whatever. And here's a funny thing. They're like, okay, this makes sense. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? It makes sense. <laughs> oh, you know, seriously. <laughs> oh, I love it. The naivete is the best part, you know, because again, if, if you had been jaded, then you might've thought, you know, they're not going to listen to us. Why would we even waste our time? But just having that belief that maybe all you had to do was ask. It's, it's incredible. I think. It, 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 it is. And, 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 and here's a, here's a shocker. We're like, okay, so, you know, sir, uh, you know, take it to your bill writers. Cause we were told they were bill writers and, you know, maybe you could take one or two of these ideas and, you know, do something with it. And this is weird. He said, no, this is good. We can use this. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a computer geek wrote that stuff. <laughs> but that was a aha moment. And in that moment, we began to realize, oh, my gosh, we, the people, mm-hmm. regular people with common sense, actually have something valuable to contribute in the way our state legislation works. Absolutely. So emboldened by that one meeting, we're like, okay, let's go for it. And then, you know, what Debbie, Debbie shared with you, uh, what, what, is, what, what we can up. We had 14 items. Uh, but here's the thing. Here is the thing. We now see, just like you said, Zach, that when a group of people get together and really lockstep for whatever, for, for play like a football team. Let's use that example. Right. We play with one intention, even with the different personalities, different agendas, different skill sets. When we do that and we are coordinated, there's very little that can stop us. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what we got. And then I'd like to know what you guys are hoping to push for after the midterms are done. So what was yeah. What was the content yeah. of the election so, integrity? So remember, we had we had fourteen uh, items, and 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 Debbie, jump in here. There are fourteen items. Uh, some of the items went through, some of them did not. So, for an example, one of the things that was most critical is in your state, wherever you are, that's watching Zach's from wherever where you are in the world, actually, that you're watching Zach's program. Um, you have something called a voter roll. Mm-hmm. What is a voter roll? A voter roll is simply a database. It's a list of all the people in your state or in your country that's allowed to vote. What do you mean by that, Raj? Well, in the United States, if you're not a U.S. citizen, you can't be on that list. You can't vote here if you're not a citizen. If you're not a resident of your home state, we're in Florida, if you're not a resident there, you cannot be on that list. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things we found out through the canvassing that Debbie mentioned earlier is we found people on that list that were dead, people Mm -hmm. on that list that weren't residents of the state, 
people on that list were not U.S. residents. So part of the legislation that got passed made it more efficient and effective to clean those people off those lists. And here's a challenge, because when you start talking that way, the other side are going to say, oh, my gosh, you're not you're you're anti-voter. Voter suppression. Voter suppression. Michigan, you know, that's that that's my home state. And that's what they've said for years. And, you know, in 2020, we saw people from the 1800s born in like 1848 casting ballots. Obviously, those people are not still alive. But, you know, the Democrats are, are perfectly willing to find votes wherever they can, even if they're in a cemetery. They, 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 they really are. And, and so this like Debbie said, this legislation passed and stuff got done. So here was the next aha moment for me, Zach. We, I thought, you know, hey, we, a lot of good work got done. But then in our primaries in August, here's the next shocker. We had our primaries, and in the primaries, we had egregious errors mm-hmm. in our election process. What I mean, we had ballots printed with the wrong candidates on them. Mm-hmm. We had ballots sent out with, in Florida with Arizona zip codes. We had certain precincts running out of ballots. And so we saw these errors. I'm like, wait, what happened here? I, didn't we? And so that started round two. So primaries that happened in August, we saw this nonsense. And so we redoubled our effort. And Zach, this is, this is either desperation or naive belief. I don't know what you want to call it. But as soon as we saw that, we did two things. We said, all right, we have to stand up and defend the midterms training program. So mm-hmm. we did that. DefendTheMidterms.com. If you go there, you got amazing training by people like uh, Dinesh D'Souza, uh, a- a- Alex Newman, uh, Terry Loudon, Debbie Ferris, our own Debbie Ferris, who's, who's on the show. She does the first session and just kicks this thing into gear. But it's on demand online that you can actually go through. So we did that. And then we did an app called DefendYourVoice.com. You can get that as well. So why did I mention that? If you're watching this, and you're frustrated with what you see around you, whether it be the gas prices or what's happening in Russia or the elections or whatever, I'm just sharing this with you because you are the key to solving the problem that you're you're, you're running into, not someone else. You are. Absolutely. So, uh, De- De- oh, Debbie left. <laughs> one, one second, one second. I've got to answer the door. Okay, okay, okay. I'll keep talking. I'll keep yeah. talking. So, 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 uh, so obviously, cleaning up the voter rolls—that's that's huge. I mean, that is one of the ways that we know they have been able to successfully steal elections in a number of places. They get a copy of that qualified voter roll. They go ahead and keep a real-time accounting of what votes have been cast and where. They can know which voters are registered but not likely to vote. Then they can cast a ballot in their name. I mean, the list goes on and on. And even in Wisconsin, this is actually a crazy story, but an elections uh, worker, a supervisor, a deputy, had sent three false mail-in ballots for the military to Representative Janelle Branchin's home. And it wasn't like they were trying to do it in an illegal manner or actually cast those ballots. They were trying to demonstrate how easy it is to get fraudulent ballots sent to any address you want, and then a ballot harvester can come and pick those up, and then uh, the team at Eric can make sure that those people end up voting for the Democrat candidates. 
And I'm really sad that this person is being charged with election fraud because obviously that's not what they were trying to do. But it's a real problem and it's something that we have to fix. Do we have any idea how many names were removed from the voter rolls down here in Florida as a result of what you guys did? So so this is a moving target just for the reason you just mentioned. Let's just start. Yeah. When we started, we thought we had 800,000 errors. Mm-hmm. That's a term we use to describe what you mentioned. Yeah. Some of the folks that did work, because we were not the only ones that were doing this. Many, many groups uh, are also doing it, found as many as 1.2 million. So here's what we did find. Because of the work we did at the local level, we know that names started getting cleaned off. Mm-hmm. We also know with the legislation that got passed, that process got accelerated. So that is good. Now, how many uh, that was, because it's done in one of, in each of 67 counties, we do not have a census on how many were removed. And here's another part. You mentioned Eric a while ago. So mm-hmm. Eric is a piece of software. For those of you who don't know, it's designed to help make sure that if Bob, fictitious person, Bob, goes from Florida to Wisconsin, Eric is supposed to make sure that Bob is removed from Florida and is added to Wisconsin. Problem is that if Eric was doing what it's supposed to be doing, we wouldn't be finding all of these dead people. We wouldn't find all these people that aren't in the state on the voter rolls, but we are. So why I mentioned that when Zach brought up, it's not because what Zach brought up is really pretty critical. You've got, Action being taken to clean names off the voter roll. That's good. Mm-hmm. We then have inexplicable reasons why records are being added. That's number one. They're being added during the weekend when the offices are closed. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, the number of records in these databases is not consistent with the people that live in that county. So, there's still a lot of work to do. We don't know how many were definitively removed in part because stuff keeps getting added. So it's a little fluid and all of this needs to be stopped. And if you're watching this show, this program, and you're probably beginning to see the nature of this and you're beginning to think this shouldn't be the case. Listen, in your location, please get connected with your elected officials and be part of the solution. And and Zach, could I give the folks a, a way that they can get some training on how to do that? Absolutely, yes. <clears throat> so if you're watching this and you're like, wow, okay, you've heard a number of Zach's kids talking about stuff like this, very easy way to get the training. Text the word DEFEND to 9-1776. Text the word DEFEND to 9-1776. What will that do? We don't... We don't ask for donations. We're not going to hit you up for money. All we do is we send you training. We send you information about how you can raise your game in your local area about doing some version of what the Defend Florida team did over here. Okay. <clears throat> so now, I have to summarize can- Raj's, everything that Raj said in three words. Bye-bye, Eric. <laughs> yeah, we got to get rid of Eric. I mean – the, the public-private relationship that's going on right there is extremely concerning. Uh, you know, that's being very soft-chewed about it. Um, but it, it's quite obvious that anywhere that Eric is in use, the voter rolls are not clean. And we have a propensity for dead and, uh, you know, people who have moved out of the state to, to remain on the voter rolls. I actually just checked for myself in Michigan today because I got some text messages asking me to make sure that I turned in my mail-in ballot uh, before the election day next week. And uh, luckily, Michigan has the ability for you to go in and check if your name is on the voter roll. 
Um, I don't know how many states have that ability, but I went and checked. You can check by name and your zip code uh, or name and county. You can check with your driver's license number. I checked with all of them. My name is not on the voter rolls. Now, that doesn't mean that my name might still be on the voter rolls at a different address or something like that, because that's another uh, aspect of this. They tend to have uh, disambiguations of names, different arrangements of people's names, uh, adding middle names or taking away middle names or transposing the middle and the last name uh, and uh, and using uh, identifying information that is connected to people. <clears throat> but Debbie, even- go, go ahead, go ahead. No, or even um, we have a situation here in Florida, um, the Red Belly Road address, where um, voting voter cards, voter information cards were sent to um, to a fictitious address, mm-hmm. and we have all of that proof. So, so what is the, what is there? Is it just a PO box, or is it like an empty lot? No, no, no. It was a road. It was several addresses, um, residents that live there. Um, the name, I, what I understand was that the address was sent to a fictitious, uh, you know, location, mm-hmm. therefore undeliverable. It was within a certain span of time. And then later those addresses were reverted to the real persons. Okay. And okay. the proof was collected simply because the mailman actually knew two of the residents on that street and kept the, the proof. That's great. You know, I, unfortunately, all too often, that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, we've seen some massive problems uh, with uh, with the post office having control over the election system. So I'm heartened to, to learn that somebody at the post office had the presence of mind to see something and say something. But I, Debbie, I also wanted to know uh, some of the other action items that you guys had uh, suggested to the state legislature and were able to get passed. Um, help me out, Raj, here with the other ones. Um, we talked about the voter rolls. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, uh, the one, one, one of them was, and this was a su- complete surprise. You know, at one point or another, when you commit voter, um, you know, you, you take ballots or whatnot, um, there was at that point a fine and it was it was very minimum. And so one of the people that had reviewed the bill with me said, you know, these um, these organizations have unlimited funding. So a five hundred dollar fine is really not a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. So I, that was pointed out in the bill. And um, actually what ended up happening, this was not our language. I won't we will not take credit for that. But what ended up happening is that Governor DeSantis or whomever wrote the bill made it a third degree felony. Good. To, to traffic these ballots. So, you know, that will, it, when it becomes a criminal intent, that will make people um, think a little bit more. Than- and, in, and in addition to what, what, what Debbie said, a big uh, breakdown in the voting process uh, is a function of how people get on the voter roll to begin with. So uh, there are, uh, there's uh, identification requirements uh, that has to be reformed, have to be revamped. Um, and so in Senate Bill 524, uh, there was a language that directs the state of Florida, uh, the supervisor of election, to come up with a more reliable mechanism of um, having people identify who they are when they apply uh, to vote, uh, a more reliable mechanism for people identifying uh, who they are when they do their mail-in ballot, um, we have uh, issues uh, with the difficulty in verifying signatures. Uh, it is difficult to verify signatures to the, in today's modern age because in the back in the day, uh, signatures were on pieces of paper 
uh, you had a piece of paper that had your official signature, and that was compared to your signature when you showed up to vote. You actually signed, but because we have digital pads and electronic methods of con- 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 capturing signatures, a, dig- a signature when someone writes it on a, on, a, on a screen is different from their actual signature. So for this reason, uh, the state of Florida has uh, directed uh, our Secretary of State to come up with ways to clean that process up. Uh, but Zach, could I go back to that Red Belly Road that Debbie mentioned sure. a minute ago? So here's another, the other side of that story that Debbie, Debbie just mentioned, and, and, and she did a really um, cool article on it. Here's the thing about, about that, uh, Zach, and that is this. A volunteer found that whole thing out. And I, this is, I'm just going to keep <laughs> pounding on this here. A person who is not an election specialist, he's not a government employee, uh, this is a volunteer, and because this volunteer spent hours and hours and hours looking at those voter rolls that I mentioned earlier, here's what he noticed. First, this the set of uh, Flor- Floridians had the correct address in the voter rolls. Let's just say, for the example, it's 12th Street. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks later, that same list showed those same people as having an address of Red Belly Road. And then a couple of weeks later, those same people were reverted back to 12th Street. The thing, though, is while those people had the address of Red Belly Road, their voter um, mail-in ballots likely were mailed out. Correct. Right. Right. So. And then once once their uh, ballot or once their address has been corrected, you know, even if they didn't request those mail-in ballots, if they show up on Election Day, and they're told, hey, guess what? Somebody else already voted or, you know, somebody in your name already voted. They can cast a provisional ballot. But we have no way to know whether the provisional ballot or the mail-in ballot ends up being counted as the official vote. And you might have been disenfranchised. Very, very correct. What, yeah. what you said, Zach. And in most instances, because of low voter turnout, those people never show up to vote. Mm-hmm. And so the person who hijacked that ballot who mailed it in fraudulently goes unchecked. So yeah. this is this is so since we're right before November 8th, if you're watching this and you might know someone who's thinking, you know, why bother voting with all of this machine stuff and all of these problems? Does my vote even really count? So if you know someone like that, here's what I want to encourage you. Number one, just by you taking yourself and your friends and casting your vote on November 8th, just that very action makes it difficult to cheat for the reasons Zach just mentioned. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, like Dan Schultz says, it's not enough for you to vote. Please take your church buddies, your 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 golfing buddies, your drinking buddies, your friends from work. Take some people with you and show up to vote. It almost doesn't matter right now what party they are. Just have them show up to vote and participate. And that right there makes it difficult, more difficult for perpetrators to man- manipulate the process. Getting back to the subject at hand, you guys, uh, what else uh, did, did we get out of this legislation? Yeah, so a couple of things. One, it expands the prohibition against the use of private donations for election-related expenses. It conforms the mailing and canvassing timeframes for all mail ballots to those for vote-by-mail ballots in regular elections. 
I mean, there's a whole litany of li- list here that, yeah. I'm, that I'm looking at. Well, here. Let, let, let's talk about those two right there, because those were huge during the 2020 election. Obviously, the Center for Tech and Civic Life with funds from uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan, they were able to infiltrate election systems in all of the key states that uh, likely were stolen in the 2020 election. Uh, and so that that provision that you mentioned right there, would that be to address something like what we saw with CTCL? It, it does uh, address some of that, but here's something else that also does is part of what Zuckbucks did is it proliferated these drop boxes yeah. uh, that were completely uh, easy to, to manipulate. And so there was an effort here in Florida to go from drop box to secure ballot intake stations. And so there were requirements now on where these get placed. You just couldn't put them anywhere. Mm-hmm. There were some requirements placed around that. Um, and so that, yes, to answer your question, it does address that somewhat. But here's the thing, Zach, this is a, this is a chess game, right? Right. So, 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 and here's something else that we learned that I want to pass on to, to you. And, and Debbie pointed this out really in our weekly meeting today. And that is this, you will find that your, your leaders will include something, some language, something that they're doing. And it makes people like us think, oh, man, they're listening to us and they're doing what we need them to do. But in the fine print, there's some exclusions Mm. or the enforcement. So, look, it doesn't mean our leaders are bad. I'm just saying that what it means is we, the people, have got to step up our game and hold our leaders accountable, number one. you, Debbie and you were talking a few minutes ago about the complexities of managing uh, this election process in a, in, a, in a robust manner. My friends, if you're watching this, you need to, I'm encouraging you to step up and partner with your elected officials. Mm-hmm. For decades, they have been doing this by themselves. No wonder the process is the way it is. We've only kind of got involved in the last 24 months. Yeah, exactly. Literally. You know, so, and here's the thing. They weren't necessarily doing it alone. They had a lot of help from lobbying interests. They had a lot of help from big tech companies. They had a lot of help from uh, rich and, and powerful allies, people whose interests are not necessarily aligned with we the people. And so if we're not there holding them accountable and, and making sure that system of checks and balances is in place, uh, if we're not staying in touch with them and, and, and maintaining that connection between them and the people that they represent, I think it's pretty easy and, and simple to see how they can lose sight of that and uh, and only pay attention to the people that are around them. And if it's a bunch of people like Mark Zuckerberg uh, and the Center for Tech and Civic Life, you know, who do you think they're going to listen to? You know, Zach, um, a lot of us here at Defend Florida have a a very strong business background, and we have approached all of these problems from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's equal. You know, we um, we hire these elected officials, and um, we fire. Mm -hmm. But you don't do that with an employee just like that. You give them feedback. You supervise them. And that's what we, the people, have to do. You know, voting is the minimum common denominator as far as civic rights, but it's just the beginning. We all have to get involved, know what's what legislation is being passed, know who our elected officials are, establish relationships, keep them accountable, and give them feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those ways that we give he- feedback um, is through call one day. Which Please, I, I, was, I wanted you to mention that, yes. Yeah, so um, Call One Day was a program that um, I developed when we realized 
when we were going to the legislatures that they did not really know who we were at Defend Florida. And, you know, we are or a movement that has over 20,000 Floridians and, and maybe it's even larger at this point, right, Raj? Yes, it's, it's, it's now nationwide. It's growing all the time. Uh, but, but keep going, Debbie. Yeah, so, um, so um, call, what Call One Day does is um, every week I provided my callers a script, very easy, easy to read, phone number, and what to say. Because, you know, the first time I made a phone call, even though I have elected them and I am paying their salary and they work for me, I was nervous. So it was so much easier to just read um, the script. And so that's why I formulated Call One Day. We, we did this with our legislators, and now we do it nationwide because there is no shortage of subjects to give them feedback, you know, from FBI intrusion to mm-hmm. border insecurity. And, you know, there's every, every week there's something. So what Call One Day does is that it provides each person um, the opportunity to become a megaphone. You know, one voice is a not megaphone. enough. <laughs> yeah, a megaphone. I like it. I like it. <laughs> But, you know, the metrics are that for each one call that a senator receives, they equate that to 100 votes, just one call. So, you know, can you imagine if you, you, the the listeners, join their voice with the hundreds of others that are already part of this program? We magnify our individual voices. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a way that we can give them feedback. So so how do people get onto your distribution list for call one day and how, how do they take part? Okay. So um, you would text the word, if you're in Florida, text the word speak. If you're outside of Florida, text the word call to the number nine one seven seven six nine seventeen seventy six, And that's the way you would join. I would ask your um, audience only join if you really intend to be calling every week because it does have a little cost associated to, um, sure. to it. Sure. But again, call or speak if you're in Florida to nine seventeen seventy six. Okay, I mean it's a very simple and easy thing to do. And people oftentimes in the chat ask, you know, how can I get involved? You know, I mean, I, I can't think of enough ways that you can go ahead and get involved. But that's a super super easy one right there. Everybody has a phone. Everybody, well, not everybody has the ability to speak necessarily. But you know, I mean, even people who are deaf or mute, I mean, they have access to a TTY services and stuff like that. So I mean, there's ways you can do it. It could not be easier because all you have to do is is read a short script. And the beauty of this is that, you know, at the end of the day, we do not reach the senators. We talk to the interns and the aides. Mm -hmm. But first of all, when you call, they have to listen to you. Mm -hmm. They have to log it and they have to report it. So not only are you informing the senator or the congressman or woman about what you what, what we're interested in in them doing, but you're also educating the interns and the aides about the issues because they live in a bubble. These politicians, they have no idea, you know, really what we want. And, and oftentimes those those aides and those interns end up becoming the next generation of political leaders. I mean, they get into the political machine because they want to be those people that they're assisting. So start early. I would imagine that's probably the best thing you can do. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I wonder if Paul, I wonder if Nancy Pelosi is getting calls <laughs> about what's happening. <laughs> exactly. The, 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 other, the other side of the story that Debbie just mentioned is. She had an idea. Mm-hmm. It was a brilliant idea. It was a simple idea. And because she was part of this community called Defend, 
her idea went from concept to nationwide in almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And she's using the same texting system that we use at Defend. So why did I mention that? If you have an idea and you're watching this and you're like, oh man, I don't even know where to start. I'm not sure what to do. I don't have the experience. I don't have the connections. Get in touch with us. Text the word. Def- so you've already heard Debbie say, text the word call. You've already heard her say, text the word speak to get involved with the program she just mentioned. If you simply want to get involved with the Defend community and get plugged in, where you have an entire army of people that can take your idea and with you just expand it and accelerate it, text us at by texting the word DEFEND, like you mentioned, it text the word DEFEND to 9776 because we have so little time. They've had three decades. Connect with us so we can ex- help you accelerate your idea. I don't know if I can share my screen, Zach, but if I can, I can I, show you. Yeah, I can make it so you can. Let me Let me make you a co-host. And, 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 and wh- while Zach is doing that, the November 8th is right around the corner, right? And so there are a couple of things. In fact, in Debbie's uh, module that she talks about in the Defend the Midterms, and I'm sharing my screen right now. Uh, let me actually stop that. I think I'm sharing my screen. You It'll are. Come up in, in, okay, great. So what you'll see here, what you see over here is actually a screenshot of the Defend the Midterms course. Now, depending where you are, there may be a little bit of a buffer here. So I'll just describe what you're about to see on your screen. But this is a a session by Debbie Ferris. It's called the next few weeks. It's now the next few days, literally. But here's something that you can do right now. You're watching this program tomorrow morning. When you get up, call the people that are running for your office locally and adopt them. What does that mean? Even though we're right around the corner, call them up and say, listen, my name is Raj. You don't know me, but I believe in what you're doing. Can I pass out some flyers for you? Mm-hmm. Can I make phone calls for you? These, this is what we call adopting a candidate. These are actions that we need you to take. Why? Because the opposition has literally Zoros bucks, yep. Zucker bucks, Gates bucks, mm-hmm. who, China, who knows what they have, but your candidates have you. So you've got to take those steps. One last thing I'm going to mention here real quick and all of this is available at defendthemidterms.com, defendthemidterms.com. If you go to vote on November 8th and they say to you, sorry, sir, you've already voted by mail, here's a strategy that I'd like, I'd like you to consider. Number one, if you've got your vote by mail that you've received and you're planning on att- voting in person, because that's really the way you need to do it, mm-hmm. do not open your ballot. Do not open the envelope. Keep it sealed. Go to the vote precinct in your, in your car. Keep it in your glove box. And if you are told by anybody you can't vote because you voted already by mail. Get the person's name. Leave. Call your sheriff. Yeah, Why would that you identity theft right there. Boom, right <clears throat> yeah. there. Yeah. And you just tell your sheriff that someone has voted your ballot for you, not yourself. And the reason you can prove that is you have the ballot still sealed, unopened in your car. So these are just a few things that you will learn at defendthemidterms.com. And so. My friends, it is really up to you to be the voice of accountability, and you can do this. Be a little bit like us. Don't think that your voice doesn't count. Realize that it does. Yes. And, you know, um, what I wanted to encourage the audience is that 
Um, you know, we're all talking about the midterms. We're all expecting the big red tsunami, but the work really does not end there. That's where it starts. We're holding yeah. our breath for that. But after that, there is so much that needs to happen in this country to rectify it. I mean, it's going, it's, it's down the tubes already. We need to claw our ways out of it. So every, every action that, you know, if, don't expect that Raj or myself or our leaders around are going to do everything. We need all the help that we can get from every single citizen, even if you only do one thing. Um, but I think that, you know, the Lord actually expects us to st- stand up in the spiritual by stepping up in the natural. Mm-hmm. So. I know. A- absolutely. Yeah, I-, I was just mentioning this the other day. You know, I mean, even if we are relatively certain that we're going to sweep the midterms, we're going to get control of the House and the Senate. Uh, that's just a waypoint. That's just the next stop along the way. And and the work has to continue beyond there, because if we rest on our laurels and we think that everything's fine again, then we're going to be in the exact same scenario that we were just a couple of years ago when many people all across the nation thought that our leaders had our best interest at heart and that uh, we could trust them to go ahead and take care of business for us. But they haven't for decades. Uh, I, I don't know in my lifetime, really, that we've ever had true representative government, but right now it's worse than it's ever been. And even if we have a whole slate of uh, MAGA, America First people who come into office and uh, and actually take power in Washington, D.C., those people are going to need guidance. They're, they're you know, a lot of first-time politicians, and yes, they are going to have people around them in their ears, maybe more experienced leaders that are going to give them ideas on what to do. But, I mean, Americans know what we need in our own communities, and I, I think that we are far better suited than any of these power players in Washington, D.C., to communicate with our elected representatives and let them know what it is they need to be doing for us. Because you were so right earlier, Debbie. I mean, we hire these people. You know, it's the consent of the governed. And if we don't give our consent because they're not governing us properly, then, you know, that's what they have to adhere to. Did you guys happen to see that speech Joe Biden gave the other night talking about uh, uh, the the recent uh, threat to democracy, the idea that Republicans are going to get elected and somehow America is going to, I guess, burn down overnight. Yeah, it's it's burning already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the great irony, isn't it? You know, Um, go ahead, Raj. This is this. See, I I don't know if 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 we want everyone's picking up on this in the United States of America. You do not have a leader who turns on his own people. Mm-hmm. That's just not a thing. Now that is a thing in Zimbabwe, in Zambia, in Ethiopia, which is where I came from, or Venezuela, or Venezuela, or, yes. or Russia. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the very fact that your admini- our administration is turning on us, calling a group of people MAGA Republicans, calling them the threat, my friends, that is indication of how far we have already fallen. Now. Mm-hmm. What do we do? You know, we're talking about this red wave here. That is simply the beginning. So let's just take a page from history. Carter, Jimmy Carter was one of the most incompetent presidents that we've ever had. He left a huge problem for Ronald Reagan, who was the president after him. But the thing that helped Ronald Reagan succeed is he had what's called a kitchen cabinet. What's a kitchen cabinet? It's literally people from his community that advised, supported, played watchdog for him, showed him 
keep him advised of who are the people that are going to sabotage him, who are the people that are going to ally with him. He didn't do it by himself. And this kitchen cabinet were not even elected people. They were volunteers. Mm-hmm. You, my friends, if we whatever whatever happens on the 8th, you have got to take those elected leaders in your area. Now, I realize that some of you are upset with the people that are on the ballot for the 8th because your guy or your gal didn't win in the primaries. I get it. We're having the same problem here. However, whoever you've got on the 8th that represents the party that most closely represents your, your values, get around those people because when they get an elected appeal, you heard Zach say, he said a lot of these people are newbies. You have got to be the, like a blocker mm-hmm. in a football team. You've got to play ball with them to help them be successful. Because if you don't, it's just a matter of months before that new guy becomes part of the swamp. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. You are the stopgap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'd actually, before we get into the calls here, I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about your your each individual backgrounds. And, you know, what was it that led you to leave your home countries and to come here? Um, because I know that you both have very interesting stories. But Debbie, if we can start with you, I mean, you're from Venezuela. I mean, that's like, you know, the the, the very image of hell when I imagine uh, the downfall of, uh, of a socialist nation. And uh, Venezuela is, you know, the perfect example of that. So when I was growing up in Venezuela, Venezuela was in the top 10 economies of the world. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy thing to be. Tiny country. But we were in the top 10. It was the time of the beauty queens, the, the, the plenty. And in less than 30 years, Venezuela is what it has become. Now, I was very fortunate. I, I left by choice, mm-hmm. not because of what the situation was. But my parents um, had foreseen what was coming down the pike and encouraged me to, to stay in the U.S. I had left to go um, abroad to study. I studied in Mexico and then I, I did um, a business degree of MBA here in the U.S. and then I stayed here. So I have watched from afar what has happened in Venezuela, but I can tell you all my graduating class, they're all spread all over the world. Venezuela has had the largest migration um, in recent history in Latin America. You have Venezuelans in North Dakota, in Switzerland, in Australia, and all over um, Latin America itself. And, you know, my message to the audience is there is nowhere to go. There mm-hmm. is nowhere else to go. So we have to fix this problem in this country. If not, we're going to go down. You know, it, this is going to become Venezuela on steroids, the way so, it, it, the country was overtaken. Can, can you tell me a, a little bit about what you see happening in America today and compare it to what you what has happened in Venezuela, just as an example? You know, the parallel, the biggest parallel that I see between Venezuela and what is happening in America is corruption. Mm-hmm. Venezuela, uh, Venezuelans wanted change because the corruption was rampant from having so much plenty, so much money. Uh, it was being misspent. It was it was being pocketed and misspent. And that is what I see happening in this country. How can you have elected officials that are millionaires mm-hmm. after a couple of years of service? What what transactions have been happening? I mean, we need more transparency in in their dealings. So that's one area. Um, But when I say on steroids, it's because I see so many pillars of this society falling, you know, education, health care. We don't have a secure border. I mean, that is critical. So um, it's it's just all over the place. And, And that's where, you know. 
I, I came to this country. I lived the American dream. Unfortunately, I was widowed 12 years ago. I had three young children to raise. And again, I lived the American dream with them because having lived all over Latin America, I can assure the audience that I could have worked just as hard in Panama, Venezuela, or Mexico, or the US, but I would not have achieved what I achieved in this country because this country has the infrastructure, the, um, the everything that an entrepreneur needs to be successful if you work hard enough. So to me, um, I, I do a lot of what I do, number one, because I, I am grateful to this country for the opportunities that it offered me to advance my children, but also because I don't want to leave this legacy. I know I know how it ends. Raj and I know what the what, how the story ends, and we don't want this for this country. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's an excellent point you made. I, I actually said the same thing in the trailer for the video, that there is nowhere else to go. I, I mean, like, we don't have any choice to flee from this nation if it falls and if we end up in some socialist hellhole. I mean, that's it. As so goes America, so goes the world. And uh, a lot of nations have fallen before us. But, I mean, this is the the pinnacle of what could go wrong here uh, on the on the global stage. Raj, how about you? You, you had mentioned a, a number of different nations, but Africa, the continent in general, you left. How, how, how old were you when you left? So I, I came to the United States when I was uh, 19 years old. I uh, came here to go to college. And the, the thing that's most dangerous in the United States of America that's prevalent in each of the countries that I grew up in is that we, the people here in America, are beginning to think we can't change this. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say in the United States of America, see, American, if you're outside the country, when someone says American, they look at those four letters, I-C-A-N, I can. That's how we overseas in Africa, especially look at this country. And now for people in this country to start believing the myth that I can't, mm -hmm. that my voice doesn't matter, in not so use. No, my friends, that is a myth. That is a lie in this country. Look, this program that we're having right now is evidence that we still have an opportunity to turn this around. If this program was being broadcasted in Zimbabwe when, when my sister left for asylum, everyone on this program would be arrested and jailed or disappear mysteriously. Yeah. Now, would that happen sometime in the near future here? The fact of the matter, it's not happening yet. So you've got to take advantage of this window and turn this around. Zach, there's, 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 one of the things that I did when I came here, I, I became a software developer, which I love. And I want to show something that might be kind of, might be a cool way for people to push back. Can I show that? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I love technology. So I'm going to show my screen again. And this right here, I call this Defend Your Voice. It literally is an app for your iPhone and Android. And this is something I want you to use. Please use it. I am afraid that given what this administration is doing, where they want to drag out the elect, you heard what Mr. Biden said in that interview that Zach mentioned. Mm -hmm. He said in that same interview, my friends, we got to be patient. It takes time for us to count the votes. Well, every other country in the world can get it done. But anyway, I, I, no, I'm not even going to go down. the first thing I thought. You know, I mean, we just had an election in Brazil. I don't know how fair it was, but they can count the they can count all the votes in one night. It's a big nation. And, uh, you know, until very recently, I, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen Idiocracy? 
Ugh. <laughs> It's prophetic to a point, but I mean, it almost makes me believe that idiocracy is more true than we'd like to admit, because for some reason, people just can't do basic math at this point. And we're not even doing it ourselves by hand. I mean, they have built computers and complicated systems that are supposed to make it quicker and more accurate. And it's done exactly the opposite. This is so true. And so when your leaders are behaving this way, you, my friends, the people have got to hold themselves accountable. So you could try this. If you're in one of these states listed here, you can use this app to make public who the leader is in your area that your community is choosing. Mm -hmm. It's not a voting app. It's social media. But it's one more way that you, my friends, can literally push back. And unfortunately, given what we're hearing from the administration, this is something that I had designed and built to use between the time we built it and November 8th, I think you need to use it right now and for the weeks following it until all of the elections in every state is buttoned down and certified. So defendyourvoice.com, that's another tool you can use in addition to defendthemidterms.com, in addition to texting the word defend to 91776. So we're giving you so many action items. Why are we giving you so many action items? Because if you're watching Zach's program, you're an action taker. Absolutely. The now, only- is, is DefendFlorida.com one of your websites as well? Because yes, it's yes. out there. Okay. Because <laughs> so, somebody different. else owns RedPill78.com and it's not it's not me. But oh, no. People always think okay, that okay. it's me. They're like, yeah, yeah I, just, I just got hacked because by going to your website. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. That's not my website. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Ours is DefendFlorida.org. DefendFlorida.org. Okay. Yes. Okay. So now I'm yeah, glad yeah. I didn't put it in the in the description. So yeah, yeah. Defend- I may, I may yeah. you know, the, the, the reasoning behind the app that Raj just shared was, you know, if if let's just say in Florida, a hundred thousand of us po- post our, our selfies with Governor DeSantis, and you know five thousand do it with the the alternative, then it's it's just harder to engage in the narrative that the alternative won. Right. It's, right. it's another it's a it's another roadblock. So that's the the reasoning behind it, and. Um, you know, I would encourage everybody to check out the toolbox. We have a lot of tools in our toolbox. You know, choose one or two. You don't have to do it all. Choose one or two. Exactly. Uh, and also, I just wanted to say, uh, I in, in all my time in Florida for the last year and during this entire election season, I've seen two Charlie Crist signs, and they weren't prominently displayed either. But I've seen a lot of Ron DeSantis signs. So if they attempt to do something uh, like throwing Charlie Crist, uh, you know, at our feet, then I don't think it's gonna it's gonna stand. But we do have a couple of callers on the line. We're gonna open the phones here in just a minute. But I would like to know uh, just from you guys before we get into that, you know, how are you feeling about the midterms that we have coming up here on Tuesday? Um, you know, what is your overall sense of what we're going to see? Well, two things that I would like to tell the audience. Um, okay. I, I, I'm not going to deny it. I am nervous because mm-hmm. I saw what happened in Brazil. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, there's 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 always that possibility that there's a, a flip in the, ma- you know, in the algorithms. Mm-hmm. So I think what I want to encourage the Floridian voters and anyone that's, you know, in all your states is that we have to ro- vote in mass. Because our vote is not only going to get our candidates in, but it needs to be a referendum on how opposed we are to this administration and their shenanigans. Mm -hmm. So it's not only important that we win, but we have to win big so that there is no doubt 
in anyone's mind that this country is in opposition to everything that this agenda, you know, I I, I call it, we had the Iron Age and the Bronze Age, and this is going to be the Dumb Age. (laughs) That is so wrong with this administration. So sorry. It's true. It's It's true. It's embarrassing. Uh, Raj, how about you? How how are you feeling and uh, what's your overall sense? Yeah, so the this is going to be a mantra with me all the time and that is the fun the outcome of the midterms is going to be a function of what the people watching this program myself debbie Uzak, end up doing mm-hmm. so 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 and and does that sound like a platitude no it literally it literally is a reality of where we sit so just to make that more clear if this is a big if if you and I persuade, compel our friends, our acquaintances to go and vote in person on November 8th, then we have a decent chance of at least making a small course correction. Mm -hmm. This is not going to save our country. It's only a course correction. Now, what will save our country is what we do on November 9th forward. So we have in the past thought that as soon as we get so-and-so in office, our problems are, so, are over. What we now know is that when we get someone in office, that's just the beginning. And that is where you, my friends, have to be the kitchen cabinet like Ronald Reagan and help your elected leaders reverse this trend. Because what happens on the 8th, you see, we still have, according to people that say we only have 30 days of diesel. We got issues with supply chain. We got CRT, we got uh, medicines being administered on your babies without your consent. Mm -hmm. Those things are going to only get resolved when you participate in the process. So, Zach, uh, and I would say this, because I know that Americans are fed up, and when Americans get fed up, stuff gets done. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know that. And because of that, I feel that we're in a very good place to start this course correction. All right, good. We're on the same page. I'm happy to hear that. Okay, so we do have a uh, a super chat or AKA a rumble rant over there on the rumble. And it says, uh, it's from We Are Rise, abolishing the Constitution Revision Commission Amendment 2 in Florida. How much will change from it through state ratification? He's actually on the phone. So I'm going to get him to expand on what he means there, because I'm not familiar with it. I don't know anything about it, but we're going to go ahead and bring in We Are Rise, a.k.a. Brett Collins. And hold on just a second. I lost all of the the callers. There we go. Okay, let's bring Brett Collins in, and uh, we can hear from him exactly where he was going with that uh, w- with that donation and the question for you guys. I'm assuming maybe there's something that he is uh, suggesting needs to take place or perhaps is being talked about uh, uh, being removed from the Constitution? I don't know. But um, Brett is, uh, I guess he's taken a minute to join. So let me go through the uh, the thank yous over on Foxhole, and we'll see if there's any more questions before we bring in Brett. And actually, yeah. Uh, thank you again to Insight Gino. Thank you to Porpoiseful, who said good evening. Thank you to Lou Ann V for that can. Aria Michelle said red is right. I'm saying red or dead, <laughs> because that's basically where we're at. We're at that point. All right, Brett is here. What's going on, buddy? Good to see you. I'm glad to have you on the program because obviously you care about Florida as much as we do. Brett, you got mute the stream. You got to yeah, mute the stream. I, I, uh, I, I, I want to make sure you've got the stream muted so that you're not yeah. getting the audio delay. Yeah, I don't know what. 
Yeah. Hold on a second. Is it off now? Uh, well, I wasn't hearing it, but uh, are, are you hearing me say this to you right now, Brett? Say yeah, hello. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, okay, no, perfect. No, yeah. Okay, no I delay. I was watching you on my phone. I wasn't watching okay. you on my laptop. Okay, so okay. That's that, why I'm streaming. Awesome. I just want to make sure we didn't have a delay. But either way, once yeah. again, good to have you here. Can you please expand a little bit on that Rumble rant and uh, and what you were getting at? Well, I mean, your guests, your guests are great. I mean, I understand defending Florida. There's a lot of things that I was calling in about. Yeah, that's that's the amendment number two that was on the ballot that we're all voting for. Uh, basically, what it was, it was a commission uh, that would be pushed back to like, I think it was 2030, uh, 2032 regarding um, some type of commission that was uh, relegated back in the 60s and the early 70s where they would formulate uh, a lot of the budget and taxation arguments without uh, our uh, state representatives involved in that. And that was one of the things that we were abolishing that I voted for to be abolished on the amendment. So when you voted, I voted early. So the reason why I was calling in about that is I want to tell you about my experience about early voting. I don't typically early vote, okay. but it's on the ballot. So when you go to vote on November 8th, you'll see that. So anybody who has downloaded their uh, their sample ballot, you'll see that it's amendment number two. And it talks about, and I'll give it to you right now. I was, was going to say, I've, I've got it pulled up if you don't. Well, no, it's proposing an amendment yep. to state constitution to abolish the Constitutional Revision Commission, which meets at a 20-year interval and is scheduled to convene in 2037. A method of submitting proposed amendments, revisions to state constitution to electors of, of the state for approval. The amendment does not affect the ability to revise or amend state constitution through citizen initiative constitutional convention the taxation and budget reform commission and legislative joint resolution the point being is that it sounds to me what this was is an arbitrary commission that was created decades ago without state representation that we vote for in our states that would get to choose these type of budget scenarios without our authorization from our legislators that we're putting in office currently at the moment Okay, so I live in District 22, which is a large swath in southeast Florida. That's Boca, Delray, Boynton, West Palm, Wellington, what have you. And so Dan Frances, who's running against Lois Frankelstein, which we want to take out. We want to get rid of her. Okay, so I want to make sure that, you know, because I had Laura Loomer two years ago. I want to make sure that I get my representation in the state legislature to propose. All right. Whatever that I'm selecting for my representative to do. Okay. Not some commission that was created 30, 40 years ago that is wholly on its own and arbitrary. So my point is to your guest, what is your thoughts about that? I don't know if you've discussed this at all and stuff. Defending Florida is great. And I want to give you my take about early voting because I'm going to tell you right now, I just contacted the election board uh, for voter fraud that I felt in district 22 is happening in a precinct that is not normally that I go to only because the fact is that precinct does early voting, whereas my precinct for November 8th is a different precinct, and they hand out paper ballots, which I was not handed to, and I was asked, I asked to get, and I did not receive, and that was a problem. It's all computer-generated, 
there's a lot of problems going around. So your guess, please. Okay. So uh, yeah, let, let's get okay. your thoughts on let's get your thoughts on Amendment Two, and then we'll address the uh, the early voting question. But uh, I, I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys, but to me, this all this does sound like a good idea. I mean, having that arbitrary uh, commission coming in every twenty years, making changes to the Constitution without any input from the citizenry, uh, it just sounds like a bad idea, and we're rife with opportunity for uh, for for corruption. Yes. You know, this is a perfect example of where we need citizen involvement and engagement because, you know, my background is marketing. So can you imagine just how how difficult it was to sit down and work on legislation when you have that time, you don't have any experience? So when I look at this and I read it, it, it sounds like a good idea, but it would be great if there were someone in the audience that would, you know, be more technical or had more knowledge of history and and got involved with us so that they could explain. I mean, I'm going to be very honest with you. I look at it and I, and I know that I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, and, and, it and, sounds like I should vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want this. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you, you vote yes to abolish it because you want your state legislatures to make the laws currently that you're putting in every two to four years that you want. Right. Through that, you don't want some commission that's been around since the '60s to decide what this is when they reconvene every 20 years. That's yeah, the point that I was trying to make. Because who are those 37 members? How Bingo. are they chosen? If they yeah. change the Florida Constitution, you're stuck with that change for 20 years unless the people in the interim can get their legislators to do something to change it. But I don't even know if they have the power to change it. If it's the if it's the the commission itself that has to do the changing to the Constitution, uh, seems like a, a bad idea. Def, I, I'm going to vote yes. But go ahead, Raj. And uh, so, yes, I'm echoing what, what 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 Debbie just mentioned. But there's something else here that's going on that, that I want to really call out here. Here you have this gentleman uh, who called in on the radio here. A uh, couple of things. One, you have taken the time, sir, to read this, understand it, form an informed opinion. That's number one. Number two, you're actively looking for and noticing uh, issues with the way the management, the election is being managed in your area. Now, and, and you're calling into the show. So here's, here's what I wa- want to point out, uh, and that is this. You, sir, are an example of how we recover this country. Yeah, Debbie and I happen to be on the show uh, for, for a variety of reasons. But if, if there's any reason that I'm on Zach's show, it is to provide a viable tactical pathway for a volunteer like yourself to go from wherever you are right now doing whatever you're doing to safeguard the state to 10xing what you're doing. Why? Because we need folks like you. And, and, and I'm calling you out, sir, because you're the one who stepped forward and called, called in. But there are other people in the audience that have thought to call in, that may not have, that have done some research, but have not shared it with other people. My friends, you need to be like this gentleman here. He's called, he's getting his voice heard. And I would encourage you, again, I know it's solicitation, but you know we, we're out of time. If you haven't already, text the word defend. Zach knows me, so I'm not soliciting. Yeah, yeah. And I understand what your point is. I'm, I, I'm, I, solicit, I I'm soliciting you. He's I'm soliciting you. You have to solicit me. I'm in your precinct. You are in my precinct. I'm in Boca. So I'm okay. probably really close. So just, you know, 
Connect okay. back and um, we'll get you on with the Defend team. <laughs> Brett Collins, oh, yeah. the new deputy director of Defend Florida. <laughs> oh, see, see, yes. yeah, that's the thing. Yes. See, Zach knows me, so that, that, yeah. yes. there you go. He's gonna I, I can see it happening. That's the, yeah. that's definitely something yeah, that, I, that I'm would I'm sure reasonable. you could, yeah. Don't tell Thomas, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, can see, you can see this, right? If, if, if 20 more people, 40, 40, 100 more people did what this gentleman did and he gets plugged into community, and whatever his expertise is, we put on a loudspeaker, we get him in front of hundreds of people, and we give him a platform. He already may have a platform, but this is what we are appealing you to do. Mm-hmm. We have I, to have you, yeah, take more action. Go Thank ahead, you. you know, well, I just thought this amendment, this constitution, because you're going to see when you see the three amendments that you vote on. Now, I voted early. I had to go and bring my wife early to vote and stuff like that. I didn't I don't typically do it because I vote like I vote in the primary and I vote in a general normally on the day of the election. What I found was when I walked in that they didn't hand out paper ballots. It's all computer generated. So I let my wife go through the machine. I asked for a paper ballot and they were hesitant. They said, well, let me let me just say, do you want a mail in ballot? I said, no, I'm here. I want a paper ballot. Well, early voting does not allow that. I go, well, you're not going to give me a paper ballot. I just want to record this right now with my phone. No, no, we'll give you one. We just got to go reprocess you because you got to go through the Scantron machine of doing this. Now, the machines seem viable to a degree that you can go back, make course corrections before you do your printout. And when your printout comes up, you get your printout so you can make sure that everything that you had in there, any changes, any course corrections are viable that's on the printout on the Scantron before you insert it into uh, uh, the ballot box. My concern was, is that why are you not afforded uh, uh, some type of uh, paper ballot right away that you have to ask for it in early voting, okay, and then go through this whole presumption that you have to re- uh, request it before that. Now, I said, I'm in precinct 1540, okay, not precinct 1544. That's where I went and voted. And she goes, well, how do you know that? I said, well, I know my precincts. I mean, the fact that the, the fact that the, the woman had said that to me, I wanted to rip out my phone and record this. My wife's like, don't do this. And I'm like, these people are such devious SOBs. And I have to tell you what. And she's like, you're the first person who knows the precinct you're at. I go, well, that's the point. I go, if you don't know the precinct that you're voting in, uh, I'm going to be led astray by you telling me that, hey, look, I can't get a paper ballot. That's just a joke. So I contacted uh, uh Ron DeSantis's election board. I left a message and I wanted to get some type of general information regarding about this precinct. What are the rules? What are the occurrences that are afforded to me? Okay. As, as, as a voter about voting with a paper ballot. And I went and did the machine. I regretted doing it. And I, and I saved my receipts and all my stuff because if my vote is stolen, there's no way in hell I'm not suing. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's why I contacted him. I sent them an email and I'm letting them know today, as I did this week, that if this is happening right now, as we speak, that going through this weekend where early voting is happening right now, where we are in in, in Florida and stuff, and this takes umbrage, I mean, holy hell is going to be raised because I think there's going to be a lot of people that I see walk in, where's the paper ballots? Even the older people that come in there are like, where's our paper ballot? Everybody expects a paper ballot, not a, not, a, not a machine. They don't want a machine. And then I asked them, where are these machines from? Oh, it comes from the supervisor elections. No shit, it comes from the supervisor elections. We want to know who's the machine made from. 
They can't even tell you that. They are such devious liars. They won't give you any information. And I contacted the board of the election brought about this, and I let them know that there is something amiss going on at this moment. Now, now when you contact the, the, the task force and you lodge that, 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 that concern, as you should, which you did do, so kudos to you. Here's the other side of that story. It's always another side of the story to everything we're dealing with here, it seems. But it's okay. It's okay. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. So if you do what this, you, this, our friend just did, you have to stay on them. You got to call them again and again and mm-hmm. again. Now, there's something I want you to do as well. My friend John Vieiro with Votify Now has got an app. I was going to actually mention Johnny tonight. I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it. Yes. Zach's talked about it. I saw him with somebody else. I know that he talks. You got to get this app. I have it. So if you're watching this program and you're not sure what we're talking about, go to votifynow.org. Get this free app. And whatever you see happening, this app will let you take a picture, document it, and get that information passed upstream to other volunteers who can start increasing the level of accountability that we hold. You don't want to use an app? Go to this website called supportcleanelections.com. Supportcleanelections.com. That's put together by Jeff Brain of CloudHub and Patrick Byrne of the Merit Project. Supportcleanelections.com. One way or the other, document the issue, send the issue up, and then when you call the governor's hotline, Leave a message, just like this gentleman did. Call again tomorrow and said, I left a message. What's happening? Call again the I day after. Twice. Call again the day after. I called twice, and I sent an email. I'm no. just basically, I just want a response. I want to know what the provisions are and how these things are laid out properly, because I feel there's something amiss here, and I'm concerned about this. And this is, this is why you're supposed to vote on the day of November 8th and not early. Because I know these types of things come up. I was watching some people come in and they were asking the same thing that I was asking. Where's my paper ballot? I don't want to vote on a machine. It's the same thing that we did two years ago that everybody is questioning at the same moment simultaneously that you guys are talking about right now. Yes. And to answer uh, Debbie's question. Yes, I live in the Delray Boynton area. So there you go. You're, you're, you're a neighbor away. So my point is in that area where they redistrict, they went from 1540 to uh, 1544 for the actual uh, uh, early voting. So I would be normally voting in 1540. But the fact is that people don't even know the district that they're in and know the precinct they're in. This is the this is what people face, the challenges that because if you're not like readily responsible for where you're supposed to be voting and you don't know where you're supposed to be going, this is what this is what's going to be falling to you. You're going to have people leading your hand to these things, to do these things and tell you, oh, no, just take a mail-in ballot or this. Like they tried to push a mail-in ballot on me. They tried to push a mail-in ballot on me when I asked for a paper ballot. I said, no, I am here. I want a paper ballot. Oh, it's in the closet. In the closet, it's locked up in a cabinet. Why is it locked up in a cabinet? I need to know why this is. I I couldn't get an answer, and I was pissed. And I was mad that I did the machine. Regardless of what it was, I was furious. But this is right now, I think, voter fraud. I personally think it is because you should be handed an option. You should be like, you want the machine or you want a paper ballot? It should be afforded to you when you come in, not designated right away. And that was my biggest concern about what I'm seeing right now in South Florida. You know how Palm Beach County is. It's rotten to its core. Miami, Boynton, uh, uh, Broward County. Uh, These counties are just so blue and it's so corrupt and I'm so sick of it. 
But I saw this right now firsthand, and I'm letting you know. So let your people know that there's something amiss in Palm Beach County in early voting. So that's why I was calling in to let you know that. So, so yes, per- on provision, on Amendment 2, everybody should vote yes, because this, this amendment shows you right away that there is a commission outside of our, 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 our sources that are legislating laws without our representation of the people we're voting for currently today. Before before you leave, please. In addition to everything you've already done, and first of all, thank you for doing what you did. Thanks for standing your ground. Thanks for reporting it. Reporting it again. In addition to all that, if you could please get that information to us here, defend. Mm-hmm. I want to take your incident, what you captured, and I want to push it through our channels because there were so many things that went wrong in your precinct, and we deserve better. So you agree United with me? States you, of America. you feel that there, there's something yes. amiss? We, we know that there's something amiss in our in this area, Broward, Palm Beach. Yes. So yeah. we, we want to definitely get you. So contact Zach, contact me. Zach, uh, Zach has my information. I can speak great. to him. Whatever. Great, great, great. I'll put you guys in touch for sure. Awesome, okay. awesome. All right, You're sweet. All right. Brett, I'm glad you called in. I was hoping that you were going to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing a beautiful thing here. Beautiful future. You're gonna save. You're gonna save the Palm Beach area. De- Deputy Director <laughs> Brett. That's right. Well, welcome to Florida, Zach. Stop. Listen, hey. I look, I look, look. I call a spade a spade for what it is. I'm sorry. That's the way I see it. And when someone's like lying to me or cheating me, I'm gonna call it out immediately because I know it. You could see corruption right up front. The question is, do you want to deal with it or do you just want to let it, you know, let it happen? And if you don't do anything about it, well, then here we are. Then we're just back into 2020 going all over again with with the fraud. I mean, this is this is the problem. If you don't stand up and take a take a stand against this, I'm just done with this. I really am done with this county. And I'm done with the fact that I see these things and it's so easily like just. It's just like they wave a wand or a hand over the, especially to the older people, the older uh, community that we have in this area. And they're like, oh, you don't need a paper ballot. You don't need the machines. Let me show you how to work the machine. Let me show you how to work the machine. What are you going to push in the buttons? I mean, that's disgraceful. That's totally fraud. And it's not right. Well, c- come come a little bit farther north. Uh, our chief of elections here came and spoke at the local GOP county meeting, and uh, she even talked about 2,000 mules. She was great. We're 91% Republican up here, and we use paper ballots. So <laughs> they've got a foothold, but I understand. I just hope on November 8th they use paper ballots at yeah. the actual yeah. polls in the precinct they're supposed to be at. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I really do hope that happens and stuff. But it is going on, and you need to be aware of it. And uh, I will contact Zach or put me, you know, I'll just give him my email. I'll just put it on the air, bcc328 at gmail.com. Zach has it. He can contact you guys. can send me the information. I already contacted the state. I've sent them an email. I'll call them twice. I'll call them again tomorrow. But they need to know what's happening because if this early voting is going to continue this weekend, all right, and you're not afforded a paper ballot, that's disgraceful. You, I mean, the fact that you have to ask for one is even more disgraceful. And, and we we can't concede anymore. Yeah, yes, I know things uh, are maybe a little better where where Zach is, but you are where you are, and we cannot. We're not going to concede anymore. We're not going to give that territory up. The the where you are, where you have this experience, those leaders have to step up the game. We have to partner with them, compel them, persuade them, inspire them. Whatever we have to do, we need to raise the bar. So that the election process where you are, Brett, is being conducted in a professional, 
reliable and transparent way. And that's it. We are not negotiating anymore. This is what we have to have. You heard Brett say, this is, a, this is what he saw in 2020. It's now 2022. And we're not going to allow or tolerate this kind of subpar behavior to continue. So I just cannot tell you how grateful I am that you have called uh, as a listener and you are modeling out for everyone that watches this, either live on the replay, this is what's needed. And if you can't step up like he did, step up in some way, but you've got to step up, my friends, and that's how we're going to save the country. So why, so why isn't in a primary you can get a paper ballot, vote early with the day before, not a machine, but when you go vote early in general, oh, you got to ask for it. It's, it's like, it's like, you well, got to like, you Brad, gotta I, think, I, I think the, I think that the most obvious answer is that yeah, the general election is where they need to make sure they yeah. can cheat. It's not such exactly. a big deal during the primary, but if they have the, the upper hand in the general, then of course, you know, that's why they're going to w- make it difficult for yeah. you. But uh, anyways, we're going to we're working on changing things. I'm glad we got people like you down here and uh, and I'm glad we have people like you all across America. So we'll get you guys in touch after the show. I love you, Brett. And hey, I hear we're going to be streaming together on Tuesday, right? I believe so. That's okay. what Thomas told me on Thursday. That yep. is a bunch of us going to be streaming. Absolutely. The OK. All right, brother. We'll see you soon. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks, Zach. Yep. Peace. Hi, guys. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. Uh, Let me just say real quick, Space Coast Patriot, another Floridian, said, Zach, Google election system and software. I'm in Brevard County. Call your county election supervisor. Uh, And then also said, we must get rid of the machines. ESNS is used more than Dominion. I mean, I, I I don't think that there is a safe electronic voting machine system. And virtually all of them are using Smartmatic, which Venezuelan company, if I'm not mistaken, uh, using Smartmatic on their machines. And uh, there's a number of different ways that vulnerabilities exist. I mean, they're they're more like features instead of bugs. Uh, also, Nakaz808 says, I emailed you a few days ago. Text me more info on your setup. OK, OK, OK. You know, Nakaz, what had uh, st- what had me stumped was figuring out the wattage of all of the things that I'm using. Um, and yeah, we need to talk so that you can help me do that. Thank you to Sean Joe for that cookie. And another cookie And Aria Michelle said, let freedom ring. Gambera, thank you for the gold pills. Space Coast Patriot says, DeSantis sign proudly displayed in my yard. Uh, Switchrod, he said, uh, like Collins competency training, every voter must pass a U.S. citizenship test. Yeah, you know, there are. Uh, the, the, I, I would love to sit down with you guys and go through a list of things that I think need to be implemented. Um, you know, obviously making sure that people on the voter rolls are citizens is, is huge. Not such a big deal down here in Florida because they're not just giving driver's licenses to every illegal that, uh, you know, gets off a boat. Uh, but in places like Michigan or California, I mean, they're handing them out like candy, you know, I mean, like and have you heard the new one that uh, trans people are are the the most uh, discriminated against now in states that have voter ID requirements because their IDs are more likely to not represent what they identify as or their names and stuff i don't know it seems like it's not that difficult to me to get yourself a new driver's license and uh obviously they're making a lot of accommodations for people nowadays but either way i mean you can figure it out uh okay let's go ahead and bring in our next caller trisha q patriot texas trisha had said in the chat earlier that uh there was potentially a her or not a hurricane but a tornado in her area in Texas. And uh, I'm hoping that with this call, Trisha, you're letting us know that you're safe and sound. Well, I've got till midnight to find out. And it's a 10, it's my birthday, 1029. Oh, happy no, birthday. Uh, 
<laughs> it was, but the yeah. time now is 1029. So um, anyway, I, yeah, we've, I've got a storm coming from the West, big thunderstorm and tornadoes coming from the North. So I, I've been through one tornado that was really devastating and killed a bunch of people right across the Creek from me. And yep. um, anyway, so I, I'm a little nervous right now, just to say that, but I want to say thank you, Debbie and Raj for what you're doing. I think it's amazing, especially since you're, your first year immigrant, uh, you know, nationalized citizens, you're, you're awesome for, for doing this, for having gone through this and sharing your experiences and starting up what you've done. I really, really thank you. Um, I just want to say I didn't want to early vote, but I have to go out of town to babysit. So I voted yesterday <clears throat> and I've been voting in this small town for about 12 years now and their system was set up a lot differently this year. Um, they had a lot of people poll watching. They had a guy sitting up on the judge's bench and he could see how we were voting. Our machines, even though they had side screens, he could see over the screen at how we were voting, but I don't, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't looking at that or, <clears throat> you know, but he, they had uh, several people there. They had, the machine that you put your vote in spits out a piece of paper. You look at it, make sure it's correct. Of course, you look on the screen first before you print that. And then you take it to another machine where a man is standing and you put that sheet of paper into that scanner and it scans your votes. So I don't know how that system, I, I had never heard of it before. Um, I asked the man if that was a Dominion machine, and he said, absolutely not. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I think our little towns in Texas, if, if our little community is doing that, I would imagine most of or a lot more um, precincts in Texas are doing the same thing. So anyway, the, I'm... The, what, 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 your little, what your town is doing is completely a function of what your local leader, your local official is, is managing. So, so make no mistake um, from what you described your town, the way you described it seems to be doing this with a focus on transparency and reliability. Uh, and if that's, and, and, and if that's the case, and it doesn't certainly seems that way, it's because of whoever's running the show in your local town, other towns, the town next to you. And I, I'm not in Texas, other towns next to you might be running it completely different. This is, the power of the local leaders, and more importantly, the power of the people that live in, in, that, in, in, in that community. So kudos to your uh, community. Uh, and and, and uh, if your town is not doing it the way you just heard, or there's some shenanigans like you heard from our previous caller, Brett, uh, my friend, it comes down to you. Uh, you've got to meet with your officials. You've got to hold them accountable. Uh, we, we talked about the machine just a minute ago. Uh, and I want to I want to just bring this up here. The machines, whether or not the machines cheat, whether there's manipulation, there's something that's even more crucial than the machines, and that is your voter rolls. We talked about it earlier in the program. If you didn't catch it, rewind it, listen to it again. If your voter rolls are clean, everything from that point becomes more reliable, more transparent. If your voter rolls are dirty, meaning there are people on that voter roll that shouldn't be there, people that should be there or not, then everything else that happens after that becomes very, very difficult to manage. So in your community, 
Start talking with your elected officials immediately after the eight. Hey, I want to talk to you about the uh, the voter rolls. How can we partner together? How can we assist to make sure? How can we volunteer? How can we help you help us make sure that the voter rolls in our community are pristine? And that's got to be the focus we go after. Okay. And I do know in my little community that they are doing that. There was a lady in line in front of me trying to vote and uh, her name wasn't on the rolls. And they looked at her driver's license and she had an address in Alaska, but I doxed myself. Anyway, she um, they just said it wasn't in the system that she could do a provisional ballot. So, you know, she didn't end up voting, but I don't know what she's going to do. Her her voter registration hadn't come through in time. So I know they're watching that. That is phenomenal. That is great. Uh, again, the more you keep talking, the more I get the I sense will. that your community is doing a better job. Uh, and make no mistake, that is happening only because the people in your community and your leaders are working with that in mind. So, so this is another phenomenal lesson of something we should model uh, out wherever we're living. We got to do more of that. Yes, I agree. And once again, thank you. And Red Pill, I just want to let you know. I'll be in Houston area uh, tomorrow, but I plan to stay over. That's another reason I early voted, because I may be there Monday and Tuesday with my sign saying free Catherine and Greg. Good. Uh, Awesome. I will will do my part for that. I've already contacted Ted Cruz and um, Governor Abbott. Good. And I'll be calling them on the phone until I get some kind of answer that that sounds good. I'll call them every day. Uh, you're, this, right. you're the first person to tell me that they've done it, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, how much it means to me. We need to have 10,000 people just like you out there doing the same thing. I don't care if you live in Texas or you live in Maryland. You can call the the uh, uh, state government in Texas. You can call the, the courthouse. You can call so many different people. Put some pressure on them because right now Greg and Catherine are being held. Uh, their, their civil rights are being trampled on. They've committed no crimes. There is no bail set. They're going to be languishing in that jail cell until the judge uh, agrees to allow them to leave, feels that they've been sufficiently punished, or they're forced to give up the name of an FBI source, which is a federal crime in and of itself. So – uh, it's it's one of the most disturbing things that's happened in recent memory. I know it yeah. is. Yeah. Our J6 guys, too. So. Oh, yeah. No, um, absolutely. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that, that uh, this kind of stuff is happening here in America. I mean, this is just another sign of how far down the road we've gone towards socialism and uh, absolute tyranny. That is exactly the case. You know, I, I said it when we when we had the election. Uh, situation in 2020. I call this a banana republic. I mm. am from the banana republics, and this yep. is proof. Yep. Anyone that's out there that you know, I know your audience is 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 uh, understand this, but you need to talk to your friends. You know, we are the media. Zach is the media, mm-hmm. and we are the distributors. And we need to say, listen, this is what's happening in this country because it's serious. Yes, yeah. it is. It's scary. I love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. Be be safe, Trisha, in the storm. Be safe. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We've got uh, my friend Colin coming in next. Colin is uh, also a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, things related to government. Uh, Colin, you're on the air. Go ahead and mute the stream. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We've got... All right. Sorry about that. You 
coffee, okay. making my coffee here. <laughs> no problems. No problem. Colin, welcome back to the program. How you doing tonight? Well, oh, tired. It's uh, as you can imagine with all the stuff going on. And I finally found some people that uh, went to a meeting, uh, quote unquote, a presentation up in Pennsylvania. Because uh, I met with some really good people. Um, two of them, actually, it turns out they needed help. But there, can you hear me? It looks like it's unstable here. It's a little unstable, um, but you're coming through. So go ahead and keep going. Okay, good. Um, and it turns out that uh, they're gonna—they're really uh, taking action. They're willing to—they are willing and are helping to write. You know, most of the time when people need help, they want me to do it all for them. So I'm very encouraged. Uh, we're going to get this show up and running, which is going to be called What's What and Why. Um, I want to thank your two guests for, I, I came on late, so forgive me, I'm not up to speed on everything, but I did ping on something where you said I can get a platform or I can multiply what I'm doing. I can do a one-hour, two-hour, three-hour, four-hour um, presentation uh, at, at the first part, which is I've done this a thousand times and you have to do cracking the eggshell of conditioning. I can do a five minute or I can do a one hour presentation of it. And without that, it, you're fighting against the wind. It takes hours to explain it. Once you go through that, and that's basically making you understand that you are not the name, that the name that's on your driver's license is not yours. If you haven't looked up the definition of driver, why are you laying claim to it? And had same thing with the taxpayer. So this goes back to the origins, the foundation. And as somebody, and 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 please, uh, whoever mentioned me, thank you so much. Make contact with me. I uh, really appreciate it. The more times it gets out, um, it's called continued competency training. It's actually testing. Article six of the Constitution is clear. It says the senators and representatives before mentioned, as well as the members of the several state legislatures. And all executives, both and judicials, both of the United States and of the several states, shall, which means must, be bound, which means con contain, bound, uh, by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. Now, I don't know the exact, I think it was like 1998. No longer do the judges have that oath, which is required by the Constitution. They take an oath to protect and defend. But there's a difference between protect and defend and support. And it's very simple. I can protect you and not believe in you. I can defend something and not believe in it, but I cannot support it if I not, do not know it, understand it, and believe in it. So the reason why this is so powerful is it's not aimed at the, the super criminals. It's aimed at the go-alongers to get-alongers so that those people will say, oh, no, sir, I am not going to arrest, uh, for instance, the, the, the two people we just talking about, um, Greg and um, um, Catherine. What's her name? Catherine, thank you. I'm not going to arrest them because this is an unlawful order. And I guarantee you that that is an unlawful order, first of all, because it's not an order of the court, because it doesn't have a stamp of the court. You see, we're ignorant for the lack of knowledge, people perish, right? So if you don't know that it has to have the stamp of the court, then you don't know that it's an unlawful order. So if by simply knowing that you, look, you can look at it and go, oh, this is not a lawful order, send it back. The court... Do, the judges do not make orders. It is a court order. That's why they don't call it a judge's order. It's a court order. And it's the, it is the clerk of the court that has to go and process it and so on. They're actually a watchdog as well. So I could go through a lot of detail as to why. These are all criminal activities. For instance, right now, I mean, if I get some time and with some help, I'm going to do another um, a writ of mandamus. 
which everyone should be writing a writ of mandamus. I'm hopefully going to make it for everyone to sign it, which means you go to a higher court and you get them to cause that judge to abide by the law. Clearly what this judge is doing is he is in violation of 18 U.S.C. 241. Quote, if two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any inhabitant, in any state, territory, commonwealth, or district, in the free exercise or the enjoyment of any right or privilege secured by the Constitution or laws of the United States, shall be fined or imprisoned up to 10 years or both. Mm -hmm. So these two should be filing right now a 42-1983 deprivation of rights suit and bringing charges and a claim against this judge for engaging in weaponizing the judicial system. It's acting under color law, which is 18 U.S.C. 242 as well. I mean, 241 as well. So if the people knew this and, and people come together, I can share this information. It's not that hard once you understand it. Now, here's the question. Why is it that these people remain in office and they don't know one word of the Constitution? They don't understand it and they don't believe in it. That's treason. What is going on is actually treason. And it says in the Constitution... By the witness of two or more to the same overt act, or by confession in open court, such as Biden speaking in the public, they may be charged with treason. The problem is we don't have prosecutors. That's why I call them prostitutors. We don't have prosecutors, right, that are, that are prosecuting crimes. They're failing to prosecute people, or they are prosecuting people. That's not their job. See, they don't understand this. Their job is to prosecute crimes wherever they find them. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. And they don't know the difference because they're not trained. And I think I mentioned this to you earlier that, you know, for the first time in 20 years, I was not allowed to be the power of attorney signed, sealed, and delivered in both the federal and um, a, uh, a state court. And you heard what uh, Greg and them said the other day. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad he told me because I didn't, you know, I was almost confused. I'm like, can they do that? What he said, well, I, I'm so thankful for that uh, letting me on because that was really important to set me in the right, you know, in the right venue. That he's absolutely right. By doing that, they were denying that person the right to speak mm -hmm. and also to be heard in a meaningful manner. So again, these people need to know the laws, and by knowing the laws, they say, "Oh no, sir, I am not going to jail for you," and it would change everything. Because the little guy now will stand and they have power. And I, when I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. And when you empower them just with a few little laws, they stand taller. They step up. You know, I mean, there's people I've been teaching this stuff for five years. One of them uh, used to be illiterate completely. And now she's actually writing her own documents. So this is an ongoing process. And once we get the legislation, think about this for one minute. When God gave this to me, I put down office. Anyone who holds an office. He said, no, no, no. Anyone holding any position of public trust, why is this important? If you go to Hale versus Hinkle, page 75, all corporations are creatures of the state and presumed to be for the benefit of the public. That means if you work for a corporation, you hold a position of public trust, don't you? Mm -hmm. If you wear Home Depot, if you wear a Home Depot uh, vest, you're representing Home Depot. Home Depot is licensed and allowed to work by the state. Well, let's go take the media. Everyone keeps saying, oh, well, the media. No, media is not the press. They don't call themselves the press. They have no protection under the second, I mean, under the first. So what it is, it's a corporation. When it exceeds its corporate charter, 
It is, in fact, acting ultra-virus of that which is unlawful. It is outside of the law, and it can be shut down like this. Literally, even if you go to Federal Rules of Civil Procedure Rule 11. Okay? So it, it's the same thing with this, you know, the, the, the Federal Reserve. Well, it's a private org. No, it's not. If it has any license and it's open to the public, it has to abide by the laws that, what's it say? Uh, it's right to act as a corporation. It, it, it keeps it so long as it acts within its charter and the laws of its creation. Mm-hmm. So anything that's engaged in any public activity is a legal entity by and in fact, it is a person. Okay. And as of such, it's subject to the state. And therefore, the state is subject to the people and to its corporate charter, which is what is the reason that all government was created? That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, not over men. So once we know these fundamental things, and they know them, and the minions know it, the lower, the little guy, he's going to sit there and go, oh, no, sir, I'm not going to jail for you. So, you know, and I, if you can help me share this information with more people it would be a real real blessing it's been a real fight for me um and and whatever however you want me to do it i would i would really love it and zach i want to say one other thing um send people to the website i'm going to be doing some videos um which hopefully will go out to the world of how to survive mm-hmm. uh, i was almost in tears i was listening to x22 and he's talking about how people are already freezing to death in other countries and how they're, t- they're talking about the numbers of people. There are ways, which I'm going to put in a video, such as taking that half inch insulation that you can get the four bite sheets at home Depot, whatever. And you have what's called a, a hot room or a warm room where if you have two people, you literally by t- using this and taping it, you will keep that one room warm. So you always have that survival room. Like just one other quick example most of the time, if you are freezing and you're cold, you want to keep as many clothes on as you can, right? While you put the covers on, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. You need to take all of your clothes off when you get under the covers. And I say that from real experience. When I was out in the woods, I was freezing and I was going to freeze to death. And God said, take your clothes. I'm like, what are you, crazy? He's like, no, I'm God. I said, okay. So I took my clothes off. And sure enough, man, I was I warmed right up. So there's there's things like this that that and how you can take a shower, um, full cleansing your hair and everything with half a gallon of water. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's, there's a lot of things I'm gonna and 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 I invite anyone who knows stuff. I'm not the only one. There's other people, such as you know you can make a, a miniature rocket stove. All these things that you can do. And uh, I've been led the other day to put it into small videos and send it out uh, to people. So the more oh, exposure we get. So give People everybody the website. Give everybody the website so they can check it's it out. Called, all right. It's called Cracking the Eggshell of Conditioning. Cracking the Eggshell of Conditioning.com. Okay. Excellent. We're Colin, still working. We're changing things and working things. And, and, and I just thank you, brother, for what you do. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for what you do as well. And I, I appreciate you calling in tonight, brother. All right. Have a great one. We'll see you. All right. And uh, just continuing on with a couple of these. Thank yous from over here. Sean, Joe, thank you for that cookie. Uh, Space Coast Patriot said, even though Trump won Florida in 2020, 920,000 votes were stolen from him and us. And then also says we have paper ballots, but they still go into the ESNS machines that are connected to the Internet. Uh, Switchrod says every resident 
voter two. I don't, uh, that must've been a comment on something we said earlier. And then Lynn's over it. Thank you very much for that can. All right, you guys, we are approaching the end of the program. We got about 10 minutes left and nobody else is on the line. Um, but, uh, I do want to say one more time, um, if you have any opportunity to get out there and stump for any of these America first candidates that are going to be, uh, on the ballots on Tuesday, please make sure that you do that. I know that the election is just around the corner, but we've got a couple of days yet where you can still get out there and be active and help in any way that you possibly can. Um, uh, 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 shoot, there was something specific that I had in mind that I wanted to ask you guys from earlier and I lost it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, tell me, uh, you, you guys, is, is there anything else on, you know, in relation to the websites or in relation to your work that you want to make sure that the audience is aware of and, uh, and, you know, maybe they can use. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Debbie. You're going to say something. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. And I'll, I'll so, 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 Zach, what we're doing in 2023 at Defend Florida and Defend Our Union, which is our national expression, is we literally are sourcing out leaders at the county level. So if you're watching this, we are on the hunt right now for people to take up at the county level an area that interests you. So I spoke to a lady named Mary a day before yesterday. She homeschools. She has three boys. So her big thing is all of this uh, stuff that the school system is mm-hmm. forcing on children her age. Yep. So she said she would be the watchdog in her county. It's not for the entire country, in her county for schools. Someone else who has a similar passion, but not for kids, but is very interested in the records that are being held and managed for voting. So if that's you and you have an interest in being the watchdog person just for your county for a particular topic, I'm asking you, please connect with us. Text us at defend, at, at send, text the word defend to 91776. When we build a coalition of informed, competent citizens at the county level, because like Zach, you heard what Zach said earlier, there are more of us than there are of them. It's just that we're not organized at the level we need to be. But when we do that, my friends, literally nothing can stop in our way. Not only can we recover this country, but we can actually have a nation that we hand to our, our children that will be even brighter than that what we inherited. Thank you, Zach, so much. Amen. Absolutely. Okay. And Debbie. Oh, so one of the things that I wanted to um, you know, tell your audience about is I've just been very surprised. And I don't think it's anyone in here, but I write on my Substack, you know, for uh, you to red pill <laughs> your your friends and family who are not ready to just absorb all of this type of information. But if you, it's a it's a gentle way. It asks questions, uh, short articles that, that just to get them thinking, and then links to further um, if they want to wish do some more investigation. So okay. it's meant for an audience that's not ready for the whole truth, but a bit of the truth. Okay. And, get them started so and how do they get that debbie how do they get that uh oh that would be prayingmantis.substack.com okay beautiful all right well we actually had two people jump on the line right here at the very end so let let's grab these calls real quick and then we'll call it a night caller you're on the air can we get a name you know what my name is hey dj what's going on buddy all right buddy how are you excellent excellent glad to hear from you so what's on your mind um, well, I, I, I didn't really catch the show. I just, I just tuned in about five minutes ago. I found a workaround for the glitch I was telling you I had, Yeah. but, um, but, um, yeah, I just wanted to say hi and I want to say 
you know, the eighth is coming up and it's going to be a glorious, glorious, glorious red wave. I can't wait. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what we've been talking about tonight. And of course, uh, it's only going to be possible with if every single one of us gets out there and make sure that we vote and we've got to make sure that all of our friends vote and all of our family members vote and everybody ends up at the polls to uh, strongly rebuke the Biden regime and this satanic Democratic agenda uh, because it, they bring nothing but death and destruction, economic misery, uh, socialism, and, uh, and and just horror for the future. We, we cannot survive under this leadership. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's not leadership. Well, you know, for lack of a better term. Stop <laughs> disrespecting the word leadership. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think, I think um, they're, they're going to try to cheat. They're going to try to cheat again. Undoubtedly. Yeah. They're going to try to cheat hard, but this time it's going to be much different. Yeah. People are paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone is paying attention, whether they want to or not. They're paying attention. Yep. You know, um, if they try to cheat this time, (laughs) it's game over. Oh, it's it's (laughs) It's going to be. It's going to be so obvious. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm expecting it in uh, in Arizona. I'm expecting it in Michigan. Uh, maybe even a little bit down in Georgia. I don't know that uh, they could reliably convince people that Stacey Abrams is going to win. Uh, but uh, but certainly, I think they're going to try for uh, for um, for Fetterman, and and they're going to try for Whitmer and stuff. I believe they've already given up on on this election. They know they know they're toast. That's why they. They're already switching. We we didn't even get through this election yet, and they're already switching the narrative to 2024. Could yeah, could so. be, could be. All right. Yeah, well, and, DJ, uh, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. We got to take this last caller, and we're calling it a night. All right. Love you too. Love you, brother. Good we'll night, talk guys. to you soon. Thanks for the call. All right. Final caller of the night, and caller, you're on the air. Last caller. Can we get your name? Yeah, hey, it's Johnny from Votify Now. Hey, it's Johnny Vieira from Votify Now. Good to hear from you, Johnny. I, I was wondering if I was going to get you on the line tonight. You guys, funny story. Uh, John, Johnny was originally the guest for tonight, and then he, he's he's on a super secret mission someplace else uh, outside of his home state, which is, you know, spoiler alert, down here with us. And uh, and and he was he was supposed to go do a, a live demonstration for a super VIP, and then I guess that it didn't work out. Did that end up working out? No, let me tell you something. That got oh. pushed to eight o'clock in the morning tomorrow. So there goes my Friday night. <laughs> and then and then and then right when I think I'm prepping for it, I get a call, and it's super VIP, as you say, mm-hmm. which probably is a little sarcasm there, but okay. Oh no 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 sarcasm uh, intended. <laughs> Yeah. No, by the way, it is probably one of the most important people in the country in this race. They push it up to 7 a.m. I'm like, Jesus, criminy. Like, I'm an I'm an early bird. But now I got to be at your, you know, destination at seven, ready to go. Like, who the hell's ready at 7 a.m.? I mean, keep in mind, I'm I'm still developing. I'm the lead developer on this thing. I'm up till two, three in the morning. So it's like. It's all good, you know. First world problems, but you're anyway, you're going to knock it out. I mean, I do apologize. 
Yeah, I apologize for the shuffling around. So uh, thanks so, for letting me call in. It's no problem, man. I know it happens. You know, so so you came up in the conversation earlier tonight. Obviously, we're talking about different things that we can do to uh, shore up the election security and integrity here in America. And obviously, downloading Votify Now is one of the things that I am regularly telling my audience. Raj brought it up. I was pleased to know that you guys are acquainted with each other. Yeah. Um, oh, is Raj on the call? Yeah, yeah Raj, yeah, Raj. Raj and Debbie from Defend Florida are right here. In fact, Johnny, yeah. everyone is talking about Votify now. We interviewed Mark Fincham, the next supervisor of elections, Secretary of State, excuse me, for Arizona. And yeah. boom, he just hit that thing. He's telling people, and, and if you're watching this, you, you don't know who Johnny is. You, you, this is new to you. Go to. I'm going to do it just like I'm going to do a Mark Fincham on you. <laughs> and so here's Mark uh-huh. Fincham. Here's Mark Fincham. Listen, my friends, the most important thing you can do for November 8th is go and download Votify now, V-O-T-I-F-Y-N-O-W.org, because Mark spells out everything, so it's super clear. So, yeah, man, you're you are crushing it. Well, but more importantly, more importantly, my friends, you got to get this app, and if you're involved in data, you're already involved in a, group, uh, in, 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 in a grassroots group, you already have a team, please contact votifynow.org. This app is hyper, hyper critical to what happens on November 8th. I, I appreciate the kind words, Raj. Um, yeah, uh, no, Mark's been great. We've got about four or five Secretary of States um, pushing this thing. Mark and me probably go back the furthest, so he's probably the most passionate. But um, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the the uh, kind words. Um, we I don't know that there's anything I can say that's new. Um, Shockingly, most people have now heard of Votify Now um, uh, and Votify Now Org. By the way, one of the problems, and uh, uh, Zach and Raj, I'm sure both of you guys have probably experienced this, because we give out the website where people can download the app, one of my number one uh, email uh, complaints is, I'm trying to download. I'm trying to download the app on my computer. You know, they're they're, they're somehow confusing the website with an app, and then yeah. it's like, which I get it, I guess. For probably, I'm assuming it might be boomers or whatever. I'm thinking like, <laughs> man, why would I thought I made those explainer videos super simple? I guess I didn't. I left that out. So to uh, to 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 your audience, Zach, um, yeah, go to votifynow.org where you could learn a little about it and um and then you can also download the app uh just pick whether you're on an android or an iphone and uh, yeah there's all kinds of cool things that you could do with the app and of course i know raj got uh, has has a great tool and there's other great tools out there but um the one thing we do like about votify now we've absolutely made it super simple and we're monitoring it in real time we're when we're getting events uh, uh, happening, things happening, the people are reporting, we're shooting them back out. So on uh, probably November 7th, we'll turn on the additional incident button on the app. That's another thing people ask us is like, why can't we watch events of the nefarious activity now? It's like the whole, uh, the whole mission behind uh, Votify Now was to show in real time what's happening on mostly election day. So uh, to your audience, the additional incident button on the app, you can report stuff, but then if you want to see what else is happening in your communities, for the most part, that'll be turned on 
the evening of November 7th and for November 8th is when people can see what's happening. That way we shine a spotlight on any uh, nefarious activity while it's happening so that we could try to put out the little uh, campfire while it's still a little smoldering fire before it has a chance to rage. So that's the whole, you know, uh, movement behind the uh, reporting things and then us sharing it in real time. So, you know, one thing that I would love to see, uh, and I don't know that this is necessarily available everywhere, but the large majority of these drop boxes do have like a, a, like a camera system. I mean, it's set up to watch them all the time. I, I would love it if those feeds could be just made public so that it could be broadcast 24 hours a day, set up a YouTube channel or whatever for the county and the precinct and, and just select which vo- video drop box you want access to. And then you could link to those in the Votify Now app. And then, you know, people at home would just be able to wait, sit there wait, and watch um, it. Zach, you cut out on one part, but that sounded, for the most part, when I heard that sounded great. Yeah. Here's the one thing that everybody does have to realize. Um, we have to look out the number one we have one of our number one uh, priorities and Raj, I know you can relate to this. We have to look out for false flags. Mm -hmm. So the whole, that's, that's a big part of our job. So the bad guys have learned to report false flags, hoping that we're going to be chasing red herrings and ghosts. And uh, we, we've got it down to an art form where we could filter it out. But the whole thing about just sharing everything is that we don't want anybody getting concerned about what's a false flag. What we don't quite have uh, what we don't quite have worked out is filtering out the red flags in real time and then just showing everything. Because the, the problem is the false flags take a little extra analysis to rule them out and dismiss them. You got to look at them closer. Sure. So I would say maybe, I would say by 2024, we'll have more AI incorporated and we probably will have something just like that going, um, Zach, by, so, by the next election cycle. I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, how easy would it be for, uh, you know, somebody with nefarious intentions to report a suspicious suspicious backpack left outside Precinct 22 or something like that? Yeah. And then people, oh, I'm not going to vote. Yeah. It might blow up. Right. Exactly. By the way, we get red flag. In, we get red flags constantly. So I've become a bit of an expert um, at, at being able to look at things and knowing but we, we and, and, and um, without giving away too much of the secret sauce, we have ways to identify uh, with code to rule stuff out. Uh, and then once it makes it past those filters, then it's a human eye that has to take several things. And we use things just like Google does, keywords and um, where it's coming from. There's a number of criteria. Again, I can't, I don't want to give away all the uh, uh, sources, things that we use to rule them out. But because, uh, of course, the bad guys will hear this and know to go around it. So, um, yeah, that, that, by the way, that would be a great scenario. So, um you could probably understand why we, we 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 try to filter out things and it's working so far with the, the adoption we're growing right now at a crazy rate exponentially as we get closer to november 8th we started about two weeks ago with maybe a hundred a few hundred new people coming on a day now we're growing probably i want to say 500 to a thousand people a day Very and nice. i would imagine by what, what I'm hearing is everybody waits till 
November 8th to download the app or they wait till they see something to download it. And as you can imagine, we wish people had it on their phones and ready to go before they're seeing anything. So they're not scrambling, but you know, Hey, whatever people's comfort zone. Well, as long as we get it onto phones and then it's there for uh, every election from here on out. I'm sure you guys are going to continue to grow. I'm really happy to hear that uh, that things are looking good so far. And uh, Johnny, just tell everybody one more time how they can get Votify now. And then we got to wrap it up for the night. Uh, you guys can just go to votifynow.org and uh, download the app or just go to Google Play or the App Store and just search Votify Now. Please, everybody, follow our social media, uh, Getter, uh, Twitter, which is, I knew Twitter was going to be become important again, uh, Truth, and Instagram. Um, and it's all just at Votify Now, V-O-T-I-F-Y-N-O-W, or the website, votifynow.org. You can get everything there. Okay, excellent. Thanks, thanks a lot for calling in, brother, and uh, let me know how tomorrow goes. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for all your right. time, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. All right. Have a great night. Okay. Peace. All right. All right. Excellent. All right, you guys. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be here tonight. I'm really excited about everything you're doing. I'm really happy that we met and that uh, I consider you friends now. I always like to ask the guest at the end of the show, what do you really want the audience to take away from our conversation tonight? And Deb, I want to start with you. Well, the first thing I want to tell the audience is that this is the news. On behalf of Defend Florida, I have denied or ignored requests for interviews by the Washington Post, by NPR, and Reuters. And yet I asked Zach, hey, can we can we come on your show? So it is an honor, and thank you so much, Zach, for all the great work that you've been doing for years. You definitely have earned that red pill. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. And Raj, how about you, my friend? So, Zach, I want to just thank the audience for being a listener of yours. Uh, I'm going to give you more stuff to do, my friends. You know (laughs) friends that are not watching Zach's show, Red Pill Show. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to get them onto this show. And Zach didn't ask me to do that. The reason I'm asking you to do that is this is where you get information that's actionable. Take action. Uh, John, who we just heard, he didn't ask me to do this, but... Uh, here's his app on my phone. I'm going to vote on November 8th. I've already got installed on my phone. You should too, because when you do that, any issue, you can punch it in here, report it. Uh, so please, please, please take action, take action, take action, and let us together bring our country to the brilliance that we know it can be. So Zach, thank you for your generosity and for allowing us to be on your show. I so appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, both of you. It was an honor and a privilege to be able to have you here. Thank you once more for everything you're doing. And I look forward to seeing what comes in the future. So I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday, probably. Everybody else in the audience, I passed out the gold pills over there on the foxhole. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow because it's a Saturday. Let me tell you who the guest is tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Uh, Tomorrow at noon, I'm interviewing Garrett Ziegler live here on the channel. The uh, Congress just released a new report on FBI malfeasance and the Hunter Biden laptop. So Garrett and I are going to be talking about the report that Marco uh, Polo had put together and probably talking about the report from Congress as well. And then tomorrow at 9 p.m., I am interviewing 
G. Edward Griffin, one of the original red pill purveyors here in America, uh, an incredible author, great researcher, and uh, it's honestly going to be uh, a lifetime achievement of mine to be able to interview him, and I'm really excited about it. So thank you, everybody, both of you for being here. Thank you to everybody in the audience, and until tomorrow at noon, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.